You're listening to the Speechy Side Up podcast. Today, I'm joined by Marisha from SLP Now. In this episode, we discuss her go-to literacy-based materials, what the process looks like for creating an online conference, and her tips for getting more organized in therapy. You're listening to the Speechy Side Up podcast. This podcast will cover the flip side of traditional speech and language therapy, so you get inspired and learn from experts in the field. Here is your host, author, AAC specialist, and matcha tea lover, Vanita Litvak. She and her guests are serving up some informative and fun topics in Speechy Side Up. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Speechy Side Up podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment. You can also follow us on Instagram at Speechy Side Up. That's S-P-E-E-C-H-I-E-S-I-D-E-U-P. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Hey, Marisha. Hey, Vanita. How's it going? Awesome. So excited to be here. I know. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks for coming on. Before we get started, let's help our listeners get to know you a little bit better. Can you tell us about who you are, what you do today, and how you got there? Sure. I'm a school-based SLP who's on hiatus, and not because I didn't love being in the school's But I started kind of a side hobby that's now called SLP Now. And yeah, I just started this thing and it kept growing and growing to the point where I had to make the decision what I wanted to focus on for the time being. So here I am today working full time, running the membership site. And yeah, I got here because I saw a problem in my own caseload. And I'm a problem solver and I tried tackling it because I had a really great year as a CF, which isn't always the case. But then we had a lot of changes in my district and my caseload was really large and there were a bunch of other challenging things that came up that year. And so I was able to problem solve and put together different materials and tools that I now share with SLPs all around the world. That's awesome. It's great that you like identified a problem and then found a solution for it. And now you get to do it full time, which is probably so cool because it's something that you're passionate about. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because like I am friends with a bunch of people who run their own businesses. Like when I talk to business people who live really close to me, they always think it's crazy that I want to go back to the schools because they started their businesses to kind of escape whatever they were doing before. But I think it's we have such a cool place in the schools and we get to have such a cool impact. Love to get back there as soon as possible, really. That's great. How long have you been on hiatus? It's been... So I still do a little bit of private work, but it's been almost a year and a half since I was in the schools, I think. But I like I can't give up therapy completely. So I've been doing stuff since then. It's just yeah, not in a speech room right now. Okay. Yeah, well maybe you'll get back there soon. So (laughs) I'm curious to know, I want to find out more about SLP now. So what is it and how does it help SLPs improve their therapy planning? Ooh, that's a good question. SLP Now is a membership site that includes resources and tools to help other speech therapists manage their caseload. So I had a really crazy year in the schools, and it was also a crazy year personally. I was running around like a headless chicken trying to manage my caseload. It was in the triple digits at one point, 
And then my husband was also deployed and we lived in a new place and I didn't really know anyone. So I just like poured my heart and soul and spent all of my time (laughs) on working in the school. But then also because it was so hard, I felt like I had to find some kind of solution for it. So I read a lot of research and took a lot of courses which is totally typical coping behavior, right? (laughs) But so I did all of that. And like the first thing that I wanted to tackle was just managing my caseload. I had tried probably like 39 different ways to collect my data and none of them were really quite working. And I probably shouldn't have changed it quite so much, but I really was like, set on finding the perfect way to like collect data and make sure that I was keeping up with reports and all of that. So I hacked a bunch of like Google tools, like Google Forms, Google Sheets, and all of those things to kind of streamline my caseload. And it was working pretty well, but it wasn't like we all know that Google wasn't designed to help us manage our caseload. So I always knew that I wanted to do something about that and come up with a solution. So now a few years later, we have different tools that help SLPs kind of manage their caseload and keep track of those deadlines, but then also take data with the ultimate goal being easier therapy planning, because you really need all of those pieces to come up, like to feel confident about what you're doing in your therapy sessions and to make sure that students are making progress. Like there's all of these pieces that we're always trying to juggle. And the goal of the tools in SLP now is to make it so you don't have to think about a lot of those things. They're kind of automatically organized for you. So you can focus on helping your students and being there in the therapy session instead of just quickly trying to pull different materials and pull together a lesson as the students are walking in. And so like that's a huge part of the membership. And then the other piece, and that's what I started sharing first when I started the membership, was just different therapy materials. When I was reading the research and taking courses, I saw a lot of different patterns, and I was able to identify things that I wasn't doing so well in my therapy sessions. And so I wanted to create materials that would make it that much easier to implement what I was learning. Like you mentioned, I'm a huge fan of like literacy-based therapy and curriculum-based therapy. So that's the goal behind all of those things. It sounds amazing. I am definitely going to check it out pretty soon. I'm not working directly with students at this time, but I do support SLPs mostly with assistive technology, but I work closely with our SLP program specialists. So I'm definitely oh, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. And it's like amazing that, like I said, you've had a problem and you found a way to resolve it and you're helping other SLPs to do that as well. So I know you mentioned a little bit that you're passionate about literacy and curriculum-based therapy. What are your go-to materials to target those areas? So I love my visuals. If anyone has heard me talk about anything, I always mention visuals. I have this therapy tote that I keep all of my visuals in. So I have one for every skill because one of the things that I really struggled with was, especially as a newer clinician, I didn't know the best way to introduce new skills. And I was kind of confusing my students sometimes. So as I was going through the research, I kind of tried pulling out the things that made the most sense, but then also just pulling from practice and from other 
SLPs who are supporting me. And I put together visuals for all of the most common skills that we target in therapy. So I use those every single session. Like I pull out the visual that we need and that just helps me make sure that I've done my teaching and that I don't have to do quite so much talking. And then the student can become more independent more quickly because they can kind of cue themselves using the visuals and they can go into the classroom and all that. So I love those. And then I also really love using books. I've made a bunch of visuals that go with a bunch of my favorite books. Those two combinations make it so much easier to scaffold different skills in therapy. And it's just like the students enjoy it more because they can be more successful. And then it also helps us make more progress, which makes me happy. <laughs> Absolutely. That's great. Switching gears a little bit. So you always share fantastic organization tips to increase productivity. I know you were talking about your therapy tote a little bit. So what tips do you have for anyone who's trying to get more organized with their schedule and or therapy? And I'm all ears on this one because I'm looking for more organization tips. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is to like purge your material, especially if you're feeling overwhelmed in your space. That's the thing that helped me the most because you can organize all day long and get the most beautiful totes and all of these things. But if your room is just filled with therapy materials, it's going to be really hard to keep that organized in the long run. So like I made a little decluttering guide on the blog that kind of helps us decide what to get rid of. And it can be a little bit like when I was a CF, I went into a therapy room. There were materials that were probably like 40 years old or something. <laughs> so we had a lot. We had a lot. And I think once I decluttered a little bit, it made a really big difference for me. And one thing that a lot of SLPs say, like, I can't just throw it away. But I actually, like one really fun thing that I did was I took pictures of all the materials that I didn't want anymore, put them in a Google Doc, and then I sent it out to all of the SLPs in my district. And then they got to claim the materials that they wanted. And they, like not everyone had such a full therapy room. So like everything was claimed within the day. And so then I got to share it with all the other SLPs and it was like Christmas for them. And I was super happy <laughs> because I could breathe in my therapy room, which was really cool. So yeah, that's the first step that I would recommend. And in terms of making other progress with your physical space, I think it's really helpful to start with the materials that you use the most. Or if you're really struggling with like the paperwork organization, that's something that we do all day, every day, pretty much especially since we have so much paperwork to keep up with. So I would recommend starting with one of those two things and then look for inspiration because I might tell you the best way to organize your books, but that's not necessarily going to be the best way for you to organize your books. So definitely like check out different blogs and Instagram for some inspiration. I wrote a ton of blog posts about how I organized all of the things. So I'd love it if you guys are wanting to do that, if you checked it out, but there's so many amazing ideas on other blogs and on Instagram. There's lots of room for inspiration and ideas. I love that. And I love how you recommended like starting 
you know, by purging. Cause I think that mm-hmm. we kind of do that like with spring cleaning or at the beginning of the year, it really helps to just kind of get rid of things in your home that, mm-hmm. you know, you haven't used all year. And so I could see why that would be really helpful doing that with therapy materials. And like you, I hate like throwing things away. So I love <laughs> the fact that you put it in a Google doc and we're able to give it out because you were like spreading joy, you know, to every, all of those SLPs and it makes you feel good that they're going to good use. Yeah. That's great. So why did you start the SLP summit and what has that process been like for creating an online conference? Cause I'm sure that was like a huge undertaking. Yeah. That's a really good question too. I spent a lot of time with Sarah from SLP toolkit. We would meet a lot in just chat about things going on in the SLP world. And I had this idea to put together a like free professional development for SLPs. And we kind of came to it together. I, of course, reached out to them and they were totally on board to collaborate on this. And Sarah had been to a conference that was really similar for businesses. And so we had a lot of inspiration that we could go off of from that. And I had listened to a podcast that Like that's kind of what sparked the idea. And so we kind of were able to piece all of those different pieces together and figure out a way to offer free courses to SLPs. And it was kind of a shot in the dark because we reached out to a bunch of SLPs that we wanted to hear from. And I bet you've gone through the same kind of experience with your podcast too. Like it wouldn't be the same podcast if you didn't have your speakers or your guests. Yeah, we took a leap of faith and reached out to a bunch of SLPs who inspired us and who we thought could inspire an audience. And we had no idea it would turn into something that like thousands and thousands of SLPs tuned into twice a year. But it was just through all of the other SLPs willing to share their time that we were able to make it happen. That's great. I didn't know that you did it with SLP Toolkit too. So it's you guys together partnered to create the SLP Summit. Okay, perfect. I knew that they would present, but I didn't know that they were one of the founders. So that's awesome that you guys were able to collaborate and do that. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do it without them, especially in the very beginning. It was quite the undertaking. And so it was really cool to have two other super smart ladies to kind of bounce ideas off of and kind of have some support in venturing into the unknown and doing something that was maybe a little bit crazy. Yeah, no, it's good though, because you like probably had that feeling sitting in your gut for a little bit. And when you finally pursued it and ended up becoming this like amazing thing. Yeah. So SLPs can get CEUs for taking it as well. So we're not an ASHA approved provider. All the courses meet ASHA's requirements. It's just, it won't be reported directly to the registry, but there are a couple states that have funky requirements, but for the majority of SLPs, they can use it towards their like ASHA renewal and their state hours too. So yeah. That's great. Awesome. All right. So in season one, we were doing games at the end of every episode. And what (laughs) we found is that there's like these similar type of questions that we were asking that elicited like the best responses. So I decided going into season two that I would pick like these top questions and just ask every SLP or every guest that we have on these questions. So the first one is, do you have any good stories or therapy fails that you want to share? 
Oh, so many. The one that stands out the most to me right now is, and it's kind of a mistake that I made more often when I was first starting out. Like I said, I did a bunch of that research, kind of like my first and second year into the job, but I didn't always think about the bigger picture for my students. Like I remember one student in particular, he was working on following directions and we did all the drills and he was rocking it. And I went into the IEP meeting feeling super confident, like, yeah, I'm the best SLP. He met all his goals. We're awesome. But then the teacher was doing her report and like mistake number one is check in with the teacher and like review the progress on the goals because that would have been a good thing to do first. But then she was talking about how he can't follow directions in class and they're really struggling. And I had no clue. And so then mistake number two was I was doing these really like decontextualized drill activities that weren't helping him in the classroom because there's so much more going on there. So that was a really good learning experience for me that I needed to communicate with the team more often, but then also really thinking about the end goal. Like I'm going to be a nerd here, but Dr. (laughs) Ukranitz always talks about playing the game and Like she gives a really good metaphor for basketball. So I was just focusing on shooting hoops or not even shooting hoops, just throwing the ball in the air. Like you have to be able to throw the ball up to shoot a hoop, but I wasn't putting all of those pieces together. Ever since that meeting, I've spent a lot more time thinking about the end game and how to get there. Yeah. I mean, I love that metaphor. That's a really good way to explain it. So next question, what are three things you can't work without? Ooh, so... I really like using my iPad for my data collection. I think it really helps. And I think it's a great way to save paper. Like I love the Notability app. So I guess that's number two. So iPad and Notability, because I can be prepared for pretty much any session with that. And then I would say I love my Stadler pens. They don't bleed and they're like, you have fun, pretty colors. They do use a planner. So those just make my day happy. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So the iPad Notability app and Sadler pins, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I've used the Notability app. What is that? Oh, it's the best. So I import like PDFs or I'll take pictures of what the students are reading and you can like highlight, you can, they even have a voice recording feature, which is, you can have some really cool hacks for articulation therapy with that. Um, You can add emojis and do all of the things. And it's also really easy to share and like export whatever you do with students or teachers. It's just really fun. The students love it. Okay. I'm going to have to check that one out. That sounds cool. And then Mm -hmm. Sadler pens. I'm like, where have I been? (laughs) I don't know what these are either. So I'm guessing this is something you could probably get on Amazon, right? Yes. Amazon is the place to go. All right. And what do you enjoy doing outside of work? I have been loving walking to the farmer's market. I do that every weekend and really enjoy that. I just go walk around and drink cold brew, (laughs) uh, (laughs) which is a lot of fun. I love to read. I've been making more time for that. And I've also been on a little bit of a health fix. I've been working out consistently for like six months now, which I've never done. Awesome. Um, and I'm yeah, and I've been having a lot of fun, like working towards goals. I'm not strong enough yet, but I'm really trying to be able to do pull-ups and 
I think it'd be really fun to be able to do a handstand push up, which I don't know how long that'll take me, but oh my gosh. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. You'll have to, I want to see that if you ever get that. <laughs> done. Yeah. Like if the first pull up I do is going to be on Instagram because it's taking a really long time. <laughs> it's not easy. I recently put something on Instagram. I had got a machine where it was working on my upper body and yeah. You know, typically like people show when they're doing really well with that kind of stuff. Nope. <laughs> and I was like, like failing miserably. And I was like, you know what, babe? I was like, film this because people need to see like when you're just starting out on something like you can look like a fool and be very, mm-hmm. you know, maybe only get two done. And now I'm like, you know, doing three sets of 15 each. It's just, wow. you know, it's that process. But I wanted to like show that like, you know, you have to start somewhere. Yeah. I think I saw that post. That wasn't that long ago. No, it wasn't. Yeah. But I've been working on it every day. (laughs) That's amazing. Thanks. Good for you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you too. I mean, the fact that you're keeping it up for six months, that's awesome. I feel like every time I go on vacation, I come back and just have to restart all over again. Yeah. That's like the change in routine is really hard to get back. It is Um, for sure. I'm working on it and you're doing a good job too. (laughs) It's a lifelong journey, I think. (laughs) For sure. I heard something today that like really stuck out to me because another thing I'm trying to do right now is like do a morning and night routine. Like it's not been going very well. And so I'm not talking about, I'm not sharing it because I'm like, well, I'm not going to tell people to do this until I can get it figured out. And I heard something today that was like babies don't learn how to walk and eat and talk all at the same time. So what you need to focus on is like taking a small step and making it a big priority for that week. So, yeah. I was like, oh, now I need to break down the steps to get to having a night and morning routine. So what am I going to start with? Maybe it's going to bed on time. That's my small step for the week, but it's my big priority to focus on. And then maybe next week it's waking up on time and then kind of like, working on the, t- you know, the task leading up to having a consistent morning and night routine. So I'm hoping that's mm-hmm. going to work out. That's so cool. Yeah. I thought yeah, that, that was a really so good sense. idea. Yeah. Cause usually like we always see like the end result and it's like, wait, how did you get there though? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And giving ourselves grace along the way, we forget that it's supposed to take little steps. Like we expect the world, but no, it's okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Last question. What is a piece of advice you would tell your younger self? Ooh, so for this one, I really think that like, I never really thought about or like never really emphasized like self care. Like I always got rewarded or congratulations when I worked really hard. And I think I carried that. Like I just have always been a really hard worker and I kind of felt guilty when I took time to do like the self-care kinds of things. So I wish that someone had told me like, no, you need to take the time to do this to be the best version of yourself. So yeah, I think just taking the time and not feeling guilty if you like need to be by yourself and read for a little bit or spend the morning at a coffee shop, just like being able to take those things and like fitting in those healthy routines like the morning routine or morning workouts or making healthy food. It's just like, we can take the time to do those things and it's okay. And we need to. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You have to take care of yourself before you can, you know, help anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Awesome. Well, if 
anybody, you know, I'm sure most people have heard of SLP now or the SLP Summit, but if not, where can they go to find you and connect with you? Yeah, so you can find me at SLP Now on social media or slpnow.com. And if you want to check out the organization tips, those are all on blog.slpnow.com. And then the SLP Summit, we've got a landing page with a little bit of information at slpsummit.com. And the next summit will be in July. Um, and we don't have like the presenter lineup posted yet, but if you sign up on that page, you'll get all of the updates when that comes up. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on today. It was fun kind of picking your brain. I know you're the ultimate girl boss, you know, starting your own conference and your own membership site. It's really amazing. And I'm so excited to continue watching your journey as you keep going on. Well, thank you so much, Vanita. It was so fun getting to chat. It really was. All right. Until next time. Did something in this episode really resonate with you? Want to know what other SLPs thought about it too? While you might feel isolated in your work setting, every week you're tuning in with thousands of other SLPs. Crazy, right? You can connect with some of these other SLPs on the private Speechy Side Up Pod Facebook group so you don't have to feel like you're doing this alone. We just ask that you leave a positive review before you request to join. This helps to spread the word and get more interviews with experts in our field. Thank you for listening and I hope to see you on Facebook.